Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message.
for sharing that this morning with us. When you go into a grocery store, a marketplace, just about anywhere you go now this time of year, you're going to hear Christmas songs on the music. In the music, you're going to see Christmas decorations on people's front lawns. This time of year, everyone's focus is, a, is on Christmas, and as commercialized as I realize Christmas has gotten in our society, there is still the name of Jesus, the name of Christ, the idea that Jesus has come to earth is still on people's minds. And I say all that to say this, Christmas is the best time to share your faith. People's faith, who is Jesus is on people's mind more this time of year than any time at all, except for maybe around Easter. I just say that to say this. Would you please, with me, keep an open ear and an open heart to let the Lord use you to bring someone closer to Jesus this season? You may not be able to bring them all the way, you may not be able to bring them from center to where you get to pray with them and they become saint. But I just think if we would let's say, Lord, would you help me move somebody one step closer? Well, Pastor, how could I do that? Well, you can invite them to uh, one of our services on Sunday. Every service this month is a Christmas-themed service. You can invite them to candlelight on Christmas Eve. You could just pray with them when you hear them talk about a, a, an issue in their heart or something they're struggling with. You could share with them how good God's been to you and what He's doing in your life this Christmas season. There's a number of ways God could use us this year. So I want to ask you, I know we've prayed several times today, but would you join me in a prayer? Just ask the Lord to lead us and guide us and use us as individuals as a church this Christmas season. Would you do that with me this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one who calls. You're the one that draws people. The Spirit of God goes out and draws people. None of us are Christ's followers because we had a great idea and decided to follow you. No, Lord, you spoke to us. You drew us in ways that we may not have even understood. Lord, use us to be part of your drawing agents of people towards Jesus, whether they are completely totally away from you. Maybe they've never even heard the name of Jesus, or maybe they are people who used to follow you, but their relationship with you has grown dormant. We pray that uh, as we celebrate Jesus, we will not do so alone, but God, we will share that celebration with those around us. Everybody in the room said amen. amen. Today I'm talking about the guiding presence of Jesus. Uh, our focus this Christmas season is to uh, not, not focus on the presence, presence like the golden tree of Jesus, uh, of a tree of your house, 
but rather the presence of Jesus. Presence, we're out. The presence of God never does. Your use for a present may wear out and change, but your need of the presence of God will never diminish, it will never dwindle, nor will He ever cease to be faithful to be that ever-present help with you in your times of trouble. So today I want to talk to you about the guiding presence of Jesus. Every week we're talking about a different gift that the presence of Jesus brings. Today I want to talk about His guiding presence. I shared with you last week that... Uh, that most people in the U.S. are going to drive somewhere around 275 to 300 miles for the Christmas season. That equates to about five hours in a car. You're going to spend driving uh, to different places this season. And most people, around the number 60% of Americans, are going to use a GPS to get there. Now let me take a survey. How many of you use a GPS on a somewhat regular basis? All right, okay, either your hands are broken or we're... Uh, we're, we're, we don't use as much as 60%, but, but most people use their GPS. And even though we've used them often, how many would say, my GPS has led me astray? Right? I mean, last week I was going to see a church member and I put in their address. And the whole time I'm following my navigation system, I'm thinking, man, this is the exact opposite of what side of town I thought this person lived in. And then when I got to the dead-end street where there was no houses, I thought that maybe someone had like uh, hijacked my, my GPS and now I was about to be attacked by some militia members or something. I didn't know, but it was dark and dead-end and scary. Uh, you know, I exited out of that app and hit another GPS app and boom, you know, hey, you're 10 miles from your destination. It finally got me there, but I'm just and so we just all lifted our hands. Most of us have been led astray by our GPSs, and yet we still use it. Can I tell you, there is a better system for guiding your life. God's presence will lead you and never lead you astray. You may miss a step. You may find yourself on the wrong place at the wrong time and you thought God was leading you but you made a misstep, you didn't hear correctly, you didn't listen well enough. But if you're following the Lord, His guidance is always accurate. It's 100% chance that you will reach your destination if you follow the guiding presence of Jesus. And if you would, if you would look at the Christmas story in this way, if you were to take away the guiding presence of Jesus, the Christmas story as we know it, would be completely different. There would be no star in the sky. There would be no shepherds following. There would be no dream given to Joseph. There would be no kings from the east. There would be no presence given. The very fact that God's guiding presence was there changes everything. And when you understand real quick, a few scriptures, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at three occasions where God's... Before we get to verse 20, Mary has already heard from an angel from their sins. And so she's pregnant and she goes and she tells her betrothed, soon-to-be husband, Joseph, the great news. And he does not believe this is great news. He doesn't believe her. He's thinking about divorcing divor, divorcing her, putting her away quietly. He knows if he goes public with this, she could be stoned or killed. And so he decides, I'm going to keep this on the DL and not tell anybody. So I love her enough to not let her get killed, but I don't, I don't believe this enough to participate. 
that's kind of the, what's going on in his heart and his mind. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you'll give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And I want to go to Matthew chapter 2. Jesus has been born. They're celebrating. But after those kings had came to visit Jesus and empty out their presence to him, those wise guys we sometimes call them, an angel appeared to Joseph again in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mom to, and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. And I want to verse, skip down to verse number 19. They've gone to Egypt. They've stayed there for... Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Some people say three months. Some people say up to six years. But they've stayed there waiting on the next word from the Lord. And after Herod had died, an angel of the Lord appeared to them in a dream again while they're in Egypt. And it said, now go take this child and his mom and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life is dead. So he got up and took the child and the mother and went to the land of Israel. Father, I thank you for this word that never returns void. I thank you for every person in this room. I'm thankful that you have guiding presence for our lives. I'm thankful that you don't lead us part of the way and then abandon us. But Lord, every good work you start in our lives, you always finish. So I pray this morning as we speak the Word of God, you'll help me speak only what you want spoken. Help us to hear what the Word of God wants to say to us by the Spirit of God, and we'll give you thanks for it. Everybody in the room said amen. Three times, Joseph Here's guiding direction from the Lord. And if Joseph had not heard and responded and obeyed to the guiding presence of God, the Christmas story as we know it would be totally different. Joseph may have not only missed his place, but, uh, but it was required for him to hear for God to do everything he would promise him to do. I'm just saying this. God was in the guiding business then. And God is in the guiding business today. He may not move in your life with stars and angels and dreams as he did in Joseph's day. Instead, he may be that small, still, small voice. He may be a nudge in your ribcage. He may be the word that comes through a trusted friend. He may be the word of God that speaks to you when you hear it or when you read it. But the word of God is still guiding us today. Matter of fact, you may be sitting here, you may be arguing with me as I talk. You may be thinking, well, Pastor, I just don't think God guides people like that anymore. I just think we're all a bunch of, uh, you know, just, we're just circumstantial lives we live. We happen to be where we are because of our own choices, and God has nothing to do with it. Well, if you're a, if you're a Jesus follower, it is impossible for you to believe that. Because the word says that we cannot even be a God follower unless to himself. 
If you're a God follower this morning, Jesus is dumb and it doesn't work. That is not what happened. Probably also be some similarities. I'm just saying this. If you're... I want you to close your eyes as I read the next three scriptures. And just of the godly. Guards the steps of his faithful ones. Proverbs chapter 20 says, A person's steps are directed by the Lord. You can open your eyes now. And I, I hope that there's a little bit of rejoicing in your heart knowing that when I don't understand what's going on, my steps are still ordered by the Lord. When I don't understand what God is doing, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Some of you say, Pastor, I don't, my life doesn't, I believe that is exactly what the enemy of your life wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that you are just you're just a happenstance. You're just an accident. You're just, you're just a random person doing random things. But that's not the God we serve. He's a good, at least hoping, wish you. Don't you still at times just wish I could tell them one more? He longs to lead and guide his children. So I want to talk to you this morning about how can we take advantage? How can we take advantage of that truth? How can, how can his guiding presence, you have to listen to it. Take a U-turn here. And sometimes I don't listen to it. Sometimes I know, or at least think I know better than it does. And I ignore. take advantage of his guiding presence. We have to listen. He didn't believe what most of the people, the first Christmas event, and he didn't come as they expected him to come. They expected him to come in the house of a ruler. They expected him to come with, with pomp and circumstance. They, they expected him to be a political savior, a national savior. They expected him to throw off the tyrants that were holding the people down. They expected him to grant freedom. And he did all those things, but it wasn't political. And it wasn't, it wasn't to do with, with the freedom of their people from the oppression of Rome in that moment. It, it was about, he, he, Joseph heard it in a dream. I've come that I may save my people from their sins. You know, one of the greatest things that keeps people trapped from listening to the Lord is that sometimes the Lord speaks to us. The greatest obstacle to Him speaking to us is us listening to Him beyond our preconceived ideas or hearing only what we want to hear. So we have to tune our hearts to what God is saying. You know, there's, there's some, one of, one of our pastimes this time of year is, is uh, we get in the van and we just go look at Christmas lights. I mean, I don't know what that, that maybe that sounds like boring to you, but, uh, you know, if Megan leaves me at home with two girls, that's what I'm doing. We're jumping in the, we're jumping in the car and we're going to look at lights. And I don't know, it, this may be someone's house, but there's two or three people in town this year that have houses with decorations that dance to music. Have you seen those? And you pull into their, in their street, and in their yard will be a sign that says, tune your radio to this station, and in your car you can listen to what their lights are dancing to. But in order for you to get 
get the message. In order for you to participate and get the, get the meaning of what these lights are doing, you have to tune your radio to where they say to tune to. Part of, of getting the benefit of God's guiding presence is we have to untune our minds to what we want to hear and what we prefer to hear and what other people are saying. And we have to tune our hearts to the heart of God. He speaks to us today. Well, Pastor, how does he speak to us? Well, there's several ways. I know some of them are obvious, but I want to say them anyway. Number one, he speaks to us through his word. The primary and the most authoritative way God speaks to us is through his word. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. I like what Max Licato says. He says, every time you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. Don't expect God to speak to you if you're not opening the word of God. But when you allow the Word of God to find a lodging place in your heart, what happens is moments that, this happens to me all the time, moments that I thought, man, I read the Bible and I didn't feel or hear a thing from God. Ten minutes later, ten days later, ten years later, that Word that I deposited in my heart speaks to me the moment I need it to. Sometimes I don't ever remember reading that. I don't remember the moment I read it. I just know somehow the Word of God got into me and it's speaking to me today. Number two, circumstances and needs around us can speak to us. Sometimes you see a need and, 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 and God speaking to you is, hey, He lets you see the need so you can be part of the solution. One person once said that great callings of God are usually disguised as really hard work. When you see the need, sometimes that's God just speaking to you, saying, hey, I can use you to fill that need. Trusted words of, of knowledge and trusted words of experience from, from believers, trusted words that come from the Spirit in moments of prayer, like what happened to Paul and Barnabas when the church was praying. They said, hey, let's set apart Paul and Barnabas for the ministry at hand, and let's send them out. When, when, you, when you spend time seeking the Word of God and seeking the Spirit of God, he'll He'll speak to you. Second way we got to take advantage of the guiding presence of God is not just by listening, but number two is you have to act on it. Nike used to say, you got to do it, right? Just do it. Look at verse number 24 in Matthew 1. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Did you know that God does not share his word for us to consider? He shares his word to us to obey. I don't believe we have a, as much as a word deficit all the time as we have an obedience deficit. You know, my, my, my mentor used to, used to do a lot of counseling with people. And he'd give them homework. And I've seen him more than once. People would come in to see him the second time, and the first question he would say is this, what did you do with what I gave you to do the first time? And if their answer was nothing, he would say, see ya. Right? Why would I invest a second hour, he would say, if you haven't been faithful with the first hour? And sometimes we, we want to collect more and more of God's Word. When God hasn't called us to collect His Word, He's called us to 
Obey the Word. Do the Word. I mean, I'm all, for, I'm all for collecting, and I'm all for reading. That's what I just said in point number one. I'm all for getting more and more of what God is saying, but understands that He doesn't give us His Word to consider. He gives us the Word to obey it. The, the Word of God always works. God's guidance keeps us as we keep His Word. We have to act on it. And that, friends, is hard. Because the steps of the righteous are always ordered. Would you say this with me? They're always ordered. But they're not always easy. Sometimes we think if it's God's word and if it's God's will, then it's going to be easy. If that were true, that would be awesome. The will of God and the word of God applied was the easiest thing to do. Big steps of God are often hard, right? Jonah had ordered steps, but he said, I don't like these steps, and he went the other way. Jesus, how many think Jesus had ordered steps? And yet we find him in the garden praying words like this, Lord, if it's possible, I know what you've called me to do. But if it's possible, Lord, would you, would you make another way? Because though I know I have ordered steps and I know what i, I got to do what you call me to do, these ordered steps are not easy. Even the Apostle Paul, when he was known as Saul, when Jesus showed up to him in his life, he said words like, hey, it is so hard for you to kick against what my spirit is saying to you. Order, God's guidance is always great, but it's not always easy. But we have to always obey it to reap the fruit of it. God keeps me as I keep the Word. And third this morning, third way I take advantage of God speaking is I submit or trust God's timing. Verse number 13 and verse number 15, in that text, there's two word, There's a word that, that Matthew writes twice, and it's the word until. I don't like the untils in life. Does anyone else in the room struggle with untils? I want to know minutes, seconds, and dates. But don't tell me until. I don't deal with that. Occasionally, and I do mean occasionally, occasionally I'll be helping Megan in the kitchen and she'll say, would you put that whatever in the oven? And I'll say something like this. How long? And I want her doing that. A lot of times she'll say this. Until. That's my next question. In minutes and seconds. So I can't mess up. Dependent on him. And not our formula. I've been asking God for years, Lord, would you please work on my timetable? And he never does. Sometimes he does things a whole lot faster than I ever thought was possible. And sometimes he takes a decade longer than I thought was necessary. But my job is to trust his timing. My job is to sit still until I get the until right? My job is to stay faithful Sometimes I don't feel like I have. The cause, here's the part I don't always think I have, 
Because Herod is out to get the kid. Herod's out to kill the baby. So Joseph left knowing, I'm going to wait until the angel tells me something different because I understand me going somewhere that might be kind of uncomfortable, going somewhere that I really wasn't on my radar to go and doing some things that really weren't on my radar to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. Unhelpful people, and those people are not always accurate, by the way. We assumed it's the same heart that God has for us. And so that even though I don't know why he's sending me where he's sending me, and I don't know why I'm having to wait as long as I'm having to wait, and having me to cooperate, if I assume it's also for my benefit and my protection and God's plan for my life today, even if I don't understand. The difference I would make would be this. I had major missteps because I did the wrong thing. I've just had a lot of inner turmoil while doing the right thing. Because I just was looking, God, I just wish I knew that I knew that I knew. I mean, I thought I knew that I knew that I was doing what you told me to do, but I wish that I knew that I knew that I knew that I really knew that I knew. You understand what I'm picking up? Okay? I just wish that I knew. But every moment that Joseph was waiting until the until, he wasn't just, if you're in an until moment, an until doesn't just mean you're waiting. Until me means you're serving. Until means you're being faithful. Until means you're doing what God told you to do. Until means you're submitted to who you're supposed to be submitted to. All those kind of things. Those are all things that happen in the until moments. But what has also happened is God is working on you, preparing you, and stamping His work on you. And not last but not least, Megan, if you want to come. The last thing that happens as we are guided by the presence of God. The fourth way that happens, and we get the benefit of it, is if we guard against other voices. And I'll say it to you this way. Not everyone who says they're on your team is really on your team. Now, I don't want you to point fingers. I don't want you to nudge your spouse. I don't want you to leave service and tell your friend, hey, pastor was talking about you today. I don't want, to, I don't want you to do any of that stuff. But I'm going to ask the question anyway. Have you ever been in the car with a backseat driver? <laughs> Stop. Don't. I told you not to point. I saw this coffee cup for sale online, and I thought, who would buy that? I mean, who loves a backseat driver? I don't. Um, in the Christmas story, not everyone was who they said they were. Herod told those wise men from the east, go and find the Christ child and then come back and tell me where he is. So I can worship him too. And part of God's guiding presence was he helped Mary and Joseph and he helped those wise men filter out who's really for me and who's really against me. Whose voice 
am I really supposed to listen to? Because there are certain things the enemy will always do. It's just predictable. He will always be a backseat driver to your life. The, the Bible says it like this. He's the accuser of the brother. In other words, he's always in the backseat of your life telling you you can't trust God. You can't follow God. You can't do what God told you to do. What God told you to do, that may have made sense 20 years ago, but it doesn't make sense today. It may have worked for you, telling you you cannot trust the guidance of God. So what do you got to do? You've got to decide, I'm going to let other voices, even my own voice at times, be drowned out by the Word of God. Because here's, here's the deal. God's guidance is leading you somewhere. I want to ask you to bow your heads so I can call you to prayer and we can go. Uh, but I, I've talked for the last 20 minutes about God's guidance. And I want to remind you right now that God doesn't just guide us with accuracy. He guides us to a predictable place. He does a predictable work in our life. He wants you to know what you're signing up for. He may not show you all the hills and valleys on the journey, but he wants you to know where the destination is. That's why he said things like this. If you'll follow him, he's going to guide you into life and life abundant. He's, if it's him guiding you, he's going to guide you in the truth. That brings freedom. If it's God guiding you is going to guide you into life that is eternal and fruit, which means the production of our lives that has eternal value. It's going to guide you into a legacy that perpetuates faith in God. In other words, your faith in God becomes contagious to others putting their faith in God. The last thing I'll say this, if he's leading you, understand the destination is always going to be worth it. The only way to lose when God is guiding your life is to ignore it, to only listen to it and not obey it, or to believe it only works for other people. But today I'm the Lord just sent me here with one purpose, to let you know that God is in the life-guiding business. And just as He guided people around the Christmas story in a lot of different ways to see the purpose of Christmas accomplished, He will guide to see His purposes accomplished in your life. And the reason I had you bow your heads this morning is I wanted you to have a moment to have an honest Reflection with the Lord with no hesitation about who be, who's looking at you or who's paying attention to you. Not that it should really matter, but just want to give you that moment to really reflect on the Lord. And you say, Pastor, I, I am stuck spiritually. I'm stuck. I, I just I feel like I've, I've, I haven't really been moving forward. I haven't really been listening for the voice of the Lord. Maybe you haven't even thought about it. You just, I've just been kind of doing my own thing. Maybe you never really even thought the, 
guidance of God was available to you. I want to tell you, it's available to you. It's available to you. He is available to you. The Word says the one who called you is faithful. So when you heard God call you to be a follower of Him, you can also be confident He's going to be faithful to guide you through your future. You say, Pastor, I just need God's guidance in a greater way. Maybe that means you've not been guided by Him at all, or maybe you've been led by Him and you just feel kind of stuck right now. You say, Pastor, I just need an increase of God's guidance in my life. Would you lift your hand real quick? Let's me, Pastor, pray for me. Amen, amen. 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 The very fact that to the voice of God, because it wasn't the voice of Greg that that convinced you to lift your hand this morning and say, "Ah, that was the voice of God letting you know that, hey, he's got more for you. He's got good for you. He wants to take your life forward in him. So I want us to all stand this morning together. Can we all stand together? And I want to say a, I want to say a corporate prayer. That I want you to say with me. And then I want to pray for those who lifted their hand. But would you say this prayer with, with me this morning all across this house? Dear Jesus, I love you. Thanks for speaking to me this morning. You've spoken to me through your word. And you've spoken to me between the words of your word. I've heard you. And Lord, I want you to always lead my life and guide my life. So Jesus, right now, I ask you to forgive me of anything that is clogging the communication between me and you. And today, I choose to tune my heart towards you. Forgive me of when I made my preferences. I put them above your guidance. Forgive me of trying to make your voice sound like I wanted to hear. I want to hear what you have to say. Completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just begin to seek the Lord? And I want to pray for those who lifted your hand this morning. Father, I pray for every person who lifted a hand today. Lord, they've heard your voice this morning. And God, sometimes when we hear your voice in a corporate service, we wonder, are we going to hear it when we're away from a church? Are we going to hear it when we're by ourselves? Are we going to hear it when we're at home? But God, I pray that when people go home today, when they crack open the Word of God, they'll hear your voice. When they kneel to pray in their home or they're in their car, they'll hear the voice of God. And Lord, when they feel like they're totally alone, they'll sense the presence of God with them in that moment. God, I pray your presence will be the guiding, the guiding gift of our life. And I pray that today, if there's someone in the room today that Lord, they're not a Christ follower. They've never committed their life to the Lord, but right now they sense you drawing them to a relationship with you, their need for you, and they'll state that they believe that you are the Son of God. You are Jesus. You are our helper. You're the one that came to make those of us who are far from God, which is all of us, near to God. And they'll commit their life to you, and they'll share that commitment 
with someone else. They'll tell someone else and they'll plant themselves in, in a church and truly follow you with their life. But I also pray that all of us will continually submit our lives to the guiding presence of Jesus. Not on a weekly basis, not even on a daily basis, but moment by moment, Lord, we pray, lead us, guide us, direct us to be your people, that we can know the true gift of Christmas. It's Emmanuel, not God far from us, but God with us. I pray that over this church in Jesus' name, amen. And would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? We love you, Lord. Hey, God bless you. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you're a first-time guest, I'd love to greet you and meet you. I'll be in the foyer in about 30 seconds. God bless you. Thanks for being part of the assembly. We love you. Have a great weekend. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you're ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.